today on The Breakdown. It's another one of them pesky cash game hands, but this is the one that plays out a little bit differently. It's got two luminaries from Live at the Bike, Artie Papazian and Andy, but this time around, Andy is going to flop as big as you can flop, and Art just is not going to back down. Art's just going to push and push and push and see if he can get Humpty Dumpty to fall off that wall. I don't know how easy it's going to be. Andy flops really strong, but Art's going to try, and Andy's going to be left in a spot that ain't so straightforward. We're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Webb. I don't think that. I know that. Because you've spoken to him about it, and he said to you, hey, one of these times when you're doing a breakdown on one of my hands from Life with the Bike, will you please call me Humpty Dumpty? That's absurd. Obviously, that's not what happened. No, what happened was his screen name on Twitter is Humpty Dumpty 1284. So it's pretty straightforward reference to that, quite frankly. Um, like when people call, is that when Humpty Dumpty's well, not actual Humpty Dumpty, obviously, but like the precursor to Humpty Dumpty was first written of back in medieval England, back in twelve eighty four, December nineteen eighty four. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, I think he went he went by Humpty Dumpty, and <laughs> it was a different it was time. Not, he was not egg shaped. He was more pencil shaped. It was almost thirty years ago. I mean, it's no one really knows what it was like back then. Twelve eighty four was almost thirty years ago. December 1984 was almost 30 years ago, yes. December 1984 uh, was more than 30 years ago. By yes, it was. By, well, <laughs> not by that much, but yeah, by 30, by By almost years. a decade, more than half a decade. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it all the hell. You're the one who's supposed to make the math mistakes on this show. What the, what the hell's happening? What's going I on? I talking about the year 1284, though. Like, yeah, December. Okay. 1984. Yeah, there was a book. Right. There was a book called 1284. <laughs> well, George Orwell wrote it. TVs <laughs> that look at you and stuff. They like spy on your on your sexy times with your with your partners and your pets and stuff. It's messed up. It's a messed sexy up book. times with your pets. I'm what are just, you talking about? You don't think. You don't Thank think God that- you don't have any pets. Thank God you don't have any pets. First That's of all, all I'm going to say about what that. What are you talking about? Why would I have any pets? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm not your saying level, I would... Your I responsibility would, level is low enough that they would be dead. Maybe you've I, had them and you didn't even know. Let me be clear. I, I can't believe I feel the need to say this right now, but let me be clear. I am not attracted to animals. <laughs> you put yourself in this position. I didn't do that. I, I'm saying that no matter what kind of deviant behavior anyone might be doing... Deviant with quotes around it, I suppose, but might be doing. Big Brother was watching. That's my point. So if you were going to, like, you know, put peanut butter all over your junk and have your dog lick it off, like, uh, Big Brother knew about that. You just, those those ideas seem to come to you like a wellspring, (laughs) like a little bit too easily, almost. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Also, uh, marmalade works quite well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Uh, ASPCA is not going to be happy with this one. I and feel they like have a lot of big listeners. Yeah, I know. We're gonna a lot of big donors again. to the poker guys from the ASPCA. We, um, when you donate to the ASPCA, that just goes right into our pockets. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Just cut off that source of funding. Just one more revenue stream dead. But yep. hey, you got to have fun. Got to live. Got to live. <laughs> Orange marmalade is the most, obviously, that's, the most. That's effective. a good excuse for the things that you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, we've started off on a bit of a, a strange note today. Maybe we yeah. should move along okay. and uh, hope that everybody forgets about that. So, this hand was suggested on Twitter by Mike Friedrich and Ken Chia. So, they did a good job suggesting this hand. Of course, they included a YouTube link and a timestamp. That is what you got to do. If you want to suggest a hand for the breakdown, we are, of course, the poker guys on Twitter, you can find us quite easily that way. If you are very specific and you want to type in the actual handle, it is at the number two poker guys. That is us. That is yep. what we suggest for the breakdown. Yeah. It's cool. Nice job, guys. This is a cool hand. We're excited to talk about it. That is all. all. Right. Let's get to it. So we got Artie Paps 
And unfortunately, not the Danny Zacks, because that's my favorite name combo. The Artie yeah. Paps and the Danny Zacks. Yeah. Artie Paps and Andy doesn't have the same ring to it. You so, can call it the Andy Zacks. But that's not true to Isn't his it? Humpty Dumpty nature. Dan Zack, first of all, despises Humpty Dumpty. So that would be an issue for both of them if they heard this and they would feel like it was slanderous against two people at once. And you don't want that when you're a podcaster. That's rule one. I mean, I feel like we go out of our way to offend as multiple people and groups of people as much as possible on this show. Yeah, but not at the same time. You can't do it with one fell swoop. No, you're right. It's like this week it's Italians. It isn't like all of Europe. It's too much. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. So we can't. We can't offend the Humpty Dumpty lovers and the Humpty Dumpty haters at the same time. Right. You don't want to do that. Uh, who do you think we offended this time? Animal lovers or, do, or animal lovers, if you know what I mean? Well, the <laughs> second one, I don't give a shit if I offended. That's not the point. Um, I'm not asking who we offended, not if you care if you offended I them. think we offended both of them, most likely. Really? That gets weird. Maybe it means I'm doing something right if you offend both sides of the issue. That means... I've pointed out the hypocrisy, <laughs> don't you think? You are really just like holding a mirror up to society right now. <laughs> it's very you. impressive. Thank it's you. very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, animal it's lovers. a subtle art. It's a subtle art. And animal lovers. <laughs> Put on that Barry White, baby. <laughs> you are making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> you're so, so you're so easily shook. No, it takes I'm nothing. Not. It's it just, takes nothing. It's just things like this where you disgust me. You just you and you and your ilk. We can't even joke about bestiality now. They've taken that from us. <laughs> Who's they? I don't know. I don't know. The ASPCA. I'm not sure. PETA. I don't know. I don't know who has a problem with it. <laughs> PETA definitely has a problem with it. Really pretty making, sure most. I'm pretty sure know. most organizations have a problem with bestiality. No, making the jokes N- about the NBA. Bestiality. The NBA probably has a problem with it, even though they're not really in that realm. I mean. James Harden, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway. Let's move along. Okay, good idea. All right. So Artie Paps. J.J. Reddick. Yeah, Artie Paps. You just don't know about these guys, J.J. Reddick. Anyway. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Just casting doubt. Yeah, good idea. All right, so Artie Paps has 29,000 in front of him. I believe it is a 5,100 game because he opens to 300 on the button. Yeah. With Queen of Hearts, Ten of Spades. Seems normal and fine. Yes. In the small blind is Andy, who I feel like we've done a breakdown on four times a week for the last month, even though it's, we only put out two a week. He's coming out. He's coming out strong. That's what he's doing. He's everywhere. He's, he's, yep. in, her, he's in my dreams at this point. Well, okay. <laughs> I just another, mean, thing he, another thing he'll be really excited to hear about. Yeah. And it, so Andy's got 70K in front of him in the small yeah. blind. He's got Queen Jack of Spades. Yeah. What is your preference here when about 300 blinds deep, when a good player on the button opens, you have queen jack of spades, 300 blind deep effective. Let's assume the big blind is deep also. Yeah. Um, I think I want to lean, when we're this deep, which we are pretty damn deep, I, I lean a little bit more towards a call than a three bet for the most part. I think the more Artie Paps is abusing the button, the more I'm liable to three bet this just to have this be part of the range because I'm going to have a lot of things in there. Um, and I want to have playable hands in there, too, because I assume when we're this deep, he's going to call a lot. But um, but this hand plays pretty well, even as a flat here, when we're this deep, I think. Um, yeah. I don't think we need to raise this all the time or anything close to it. I think, like, raise 40%, call 60%, something like that. What do you think? I might even want to call more, because I think we we should have a flatting range yeah. uh, at this stack depth out of the small blind. And this, this hand just kind of naturally fits in there. It does. Whereas hands like ace wheel suited hands feel more like good three betting hands that are also playable post-flop. You know? Yep. Yep. That's right. It, probably more playable fo- post-flop, honestly, an ace wheel hand. Um, and that you're going to have more obvious decisions most of the time. Uh, and also the, uh, the queen jack is just so smooth. You know, it doesn't have the blockers. It doesn't have the blockers that ace, that ace four has, of course. And yeah, and the nice thing about having a calling hand in a small blind spot out of position is if, if it gives you more check raise opportunities. And I feel like queen jack suited gives you more check raise opportunities than like an ace wheel suited hand. It does. There's a lot of like double gutter, open ender, flush draw, you know, two overs in a flush draw type type flops you can get where you feel comfortable check raising. Yep. I think that's fair. 
So yeah, I got no problem certainly with calling here. Maybe you're right. Maybe this should be more than 60% of a call. Maybe it should be like 75% of a call or 80% of a call. But yeah. anywhere, somewhere in there anyway. Definitely more than half of the time. Anyway, Andy does make the call. We love it. <laughs> Team Humpty Dumpty over here. Yeah, let's go. HD. The big blind folds. The pot is now 850, which means that there's a straddle or there's a, an ante of some oh, type. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? We are matter. We're, we're living this life, right? I mean, yeah. It's fine. There was a raise to 300 and a call of 300. That's all we care about. It's not a big deal. There's probably antis. Uh, yeah, whatever. So 850 in the pot, queen 10 off for art. Andy's got queen jack of spades. The flop is a very, very good one for Andy. Uh, I, gotta, I just got to come in for one second. If the pot is this much extra big, it actually points that we should be three betting more from the small blind, though. Like we sh- if there's all this extra money in there, we should be thinking about that. Doesn't mean to say we have to do this all the time, even with this hand, but like we should probably adjust a three bet more. That's all. Maybe, but if we're having a flatting range, this is a natural hand for it either way. Of course. Of course. Yeah. All right, so the flop is very good for Andy. It is (laughs) ace of spades, king of clubs, ten of diamonds. So he flops the nuts. There's no flush draw. He does have a backdoor flush draw himself, if that were to come in. That's pretty nice. He's a little backup. Everything is wonderful and beautiful and awesome. And the way this feels like if we're going to have a flatting range, a natural flat, this now feels like a natural check based on this board. Like, not just because we flop so well, but because this is Art's board, right? He's the opener. Yeah, I mean, we have things like king queen in our range here. We might have, I guess, the best hand besides the nuts that we have here is usually like ace ten. It's like the second best hand we feels like we can never have. Like we really don't have. I mean, pocket I guess, tens we probably have often. like a very, very small percentage of pocket aces, pocket okay. kings, pocket sure. tens. Sure, a very, yeah. but like ace ten, we probably have a fair amount of the time at least. And this hand, we have a lot. Um, yeah. And everything else is a lot weaker. Like everything else is just kind of super weak. It seems like a very obvious check here, even with the butt tree ones, which is, of course, what Andy has. And I don't even know what else there is to say. Like, you would always check this board. Art's kind of always going to see bet this board, we would think. And when he doesn't, he's got to show an animal hand that we can bet and get called on on the turn almost always. Yeah, when he doesn't, he has, like, king nine suited, right? Right, That's and like... he's, he's going to call the turn. Like, we're going to yeah. get bets out of him. So why wouldn't we check? Well, right, the so thing we wouldn't want to do is bet and have him just fold six, seven suited or something. Right. So instead of all of this thought, Andy has a different thought and he yep. leads for 350. So what do you think is going on here? Okay. Well, Art clearly has a range advantage and Andy's hoping Art is aware of that and it's going to try and use that, I guess, right? Yeah. That you're leading to induce. You're not leading for any other reason, right? You don't expect Art's going to check back this board very often. No. You're not trying to protect against a full house because those hands that could make a full house in the turn are not folding. It's not. Oh, there's nothing. So, no, no, no. You're just trying to get all as much money in as possible if you lead, right? You lead to yeah. three bet almost always. Not Maybe not 100% of the time, but with this hand in this spot, we're leading to three bet, right? Yeah. Um, a bunch. And if not three bet, then like if the few times we're going to, if, if we're going to lead like Andy does, and we actually do successfully induce and we only call, then we would be looking to put in a lot more money later on, of course, and get another raise. And assuming we, you know, we have the opportunity to do so. Um, it's still a really surprising lead. And it's when it's Andy specifically, it's weird because they both, Andy knows that art knows that Andy knows that art has a range advantage. If you follow right. that, right. Right. So, so it's a yeah, weird the thing that makes it weird is that Andy's clearly a thinking player. Like exactly. if you see this lead out of a complete terrible player, you're like, Oh, they, they have an ACE or better. And they just like, don't know what to do. Right. Or sometimes they have a King cause bad players tend to lead middle pair in spots like this. Right. But, or they have like, yeah, they, they don't know what to do, but like, it's like, Oh, I have a range advantage and you just bet in these spots cause you don't know what to do. So I can kind of raise and it's always going to work. Right. Cause I have a range advantage and that's that, you know, or, I, or this is a player who's never going to fold, so it doesn't matter because they're just going to hold on with their bad A's and fine. But, like, Andy's past all that. Yeah. Which is what makes so, it interesting to lead. It's very unconventional, which in some ways is kind of cool to do something so unconventional, I guess. Right. I mean, Art is among the best players who Andy plays with, I imagine. So yeah. I guess he's just trying to show him something different. And that can't be so bad if you're going to play this game with him over and yeah. over and over again. You know? I agree. I agree. Like... Boy, if you're leading this hand even a little bit, it makes it so much harder every time you lead against Art every other time you have a hand or whatever yeah. you have. You have a gutter here only. You know, you've got Jack-9 suited and you lead. And it's like, well, geez, you know, you're blocking the nuts, so you feel you can do it. And Art's just like, 
I mean, I know he, I know he leads the nuts here sometimes. So it's, it just makes it so much harder. I mean, we often talk about in when we're talking about like a high roller tournament hand or something, how players are doing things for the metagame implications, you know, like yeah. Sam Greenwood or Makita Badzikowski is doing something because he's going to play these guys over and over again. That may apply even more to recurring cash games like Live at the Bike or Poker Time, even where like very similar players or the same group of core players is playing all the time. Those yeah. guys are getting more hands in against each other than the high rollers are in those tournaments. Also, like, this these is- people have a lot more incentive. Like Andy has way more incentive than almost anybody in the world in this game to be able to show up with literally anything on any board against the good players in his game, right? It's also really important to point out that in tournaments, situationally, you often can't replicate that. But in cash games, you can. Cash games, the yeah. situation is almost always the same. Like Andy's usually going to be crazy deep against art. So right. this is something that they are going to experience a lot, this kind, of, this kind of spot. And so, yeah, the fact it's being able to show up with the nuts here and knowing it's going to be streamed and art's going to see it and art's going to know no matter what happens in this hand, even if, even if art just folds right here. There's metagame value for sure, much more so, I think, than in the tournaments. I agree with you. This is like the ultimate place to do it. Right. Yeah. So maybe that is a big piece of what Andy's doing here. It's cool. It's just like, he's like, I've decided to be the guy on Live with the Bike that literally on any board in any situation can show up with anything. And over time, I'm going to prove that. You know? Yeah, like I can actually show up with the nuts here, even though it doesn't really make sense to show up with the nuts here. Like the nuts are just going to check, let Art bet. And then raise a bunch and hope Art actually has something instead of lead and fold out all Art's air right away, you know. But like, no, right. even when I lead, I can sh- on a board that greatly favors you, and you're going to see that like a hundred percent of the time, or nearly a hundred percent of the time, still, I can lead with the nuts. That's very powerful. It opens up a whole new tree of possibilities because, like, if Andy had right. six seven suited himself here, he would never consider leading in a traditional perspective. But against Art or other players who are paying attention, when their button range is wide enough, you can lead on boards like this now with just complete nothing and sometimes win. And yep. it, it actually makes sense based on your past and what you've done before. Yeah. So all of that is kind of cool and kind of working for me. Kind of hitting me in the right place right now from yeah. from a metagame perspective. I like it. Me too. I, I can't really imagine he would be able to show up with six, seven suited very often. Like, I think he's probably going to have a blocker or a draw, a big draw, at least of some kind, like a gut shot, at least. But still, your point is really well taken. And I agree with you. So anyway, Andy leads. It feels like in, in this one instance is probably the wrong thing to do, but perhaps they're, the metagame implications outweigh that and make it valuable. Um, so... If you're Art and you're putting Andy on a range, what types of hands would you think he has? Because it's a weird spot already for you as Art with Queen-10 on the Ace-King-10 board. Ace-King-10 rainbow. Um, yeah. I'm putting him on either pretty strong hands, like, but there aren't very many really strong hands for him to have. Like we were saying, like Queen-Jack and Ace-10 are the only obvious ones. I wouldn't really put him on those hands very often, honestly. Like It's hard to put him on extreme strength here. It's just hard. Feels like a feels like the type of hand that we have. It feels like a pair and a gut shot. Feels like king queen, yeah. king jack. Maybe a little bit of ace jack and ace queen when he's getting a little squirrely pre flop. Maybe and jack, ten jack and queen ten. Maybe jack nine suited with the backdoor flush draw. Um, that's about yeah. it. But yeah, it could be king queen. Although king queen is a really weird hand to lead with. Actually, like a king is a really weird card to lead with. Like what I mean, are what it's good weird things to lead happen? this board? No matter what, it's weird to lead this board. No, but even from just from a straight game theory, what does Art have thing? Like with yeah. King Queen, like it seems like the perfect hand to check call with, you know. But it again, does. maybe Andy's doing really weird stuff. I wouldn't put him on a, I would put him on more like maybe Jack Ten sometimes. Um it's hard to put Andy on a strong hand though. I would put him on a very weak range here. Well, Art does because he raises. I guess Andy could have like a weird ace and just lead sometimes, just top pair and lead. I mean, it just seems terrible. It It just seems seems awful. I mean, it's just, well, Art's raising here, which is a strange thing to do, right? Well, Art blocks, he blocks the nuts and he blocks a set of tens and he blocks ace 10. So those are like the three most likely hands that Andy could have that are strong. I think Andy's almost always raising pocket tens pre-flop, but I, I agree with you besides that. I mean, um, but they are the three most likely hands that Andy could have that are strong. Okay, like sure. Ten, tens is the third most likely after Ace Ten and, and Queen Jack. That are that are strong. Yes, I yeah. just don't think it's like comparatively, it's such a minor consideration. Pocket tens, right? Sure. Um, but anyway, fair enough. Um, cool. We block all that stuff, but we also have a pair, right? We actually have something and a gutter to the nuts ourselves. Like we have a a pretty good hand. So 
It's not that good of a hand. Don't overstate it. <laughs> it's like when you think about the hands that Andy's actually leading with. If we don't think Andy's leading with top pair, you thought that would be dumb. I thought it was to be dumb for Andy to be leading with middle pair. We think it's very unlikely for him to be leading with very strong hands almost ever. This hand is doing pretty well against Andy's lead range here, isn't it? So like, then in the raises for value? How could it be for value? Well, Maybe that seems like what you're saying. <laughs> I'm saying I don't know if this is a good race. I'm saying I feel like it's unclear where we are in this hand. Nothing really makes sense. That like Andy's range seems so odd here. If Andy has Jack Nine suited, do we really want him to go away? Why would we want him to fold? Jack Nine suited. I mean, I guess the question is, are we willing to call three barrels with this hand? The pro I mean that that is a fair question. The problem, of course, is it's Andy, and he's the kind of guy who will absolutely three bet the flop sometimes with weird stuff. And are we and gonna call this that? Can be in our, this can be in our race fold range. Then Okay, but why I mean, not just obviously call? It is. But why not just call? <laughs> Can't we just go, like, we could, in theory, go call, call, call if we want to. Hope he's on a bluff if we decide he's on a bluff. And sometimes win a big pot and not have to, like, get blown off the best hand. And, by the way, I mean, we I can still like improve. We can improve, I agree, too. I agree with everything you say, but I feel like inherent in your analysis is forgetting how strange it is that Andy led this board at all. Yeah. And it, it, it changes everything. It makes it, it weirder, and you can't really apply common logic to it. It is super weird. There's no question about it. You know, another hand Andy can have that's actually strong is King-10 suited. Sure. Yeah, that makes that, sense. But again, it doesn't really make that much sense that he would lead, but maybe. That maybe is the most obvious lead hand, actually, of all of them, though, is the strong hands, where it's like strong-ish. Do you really want to check-raise that hand and have the guy not fold? And like now you need him to have an ace that doesn't improve and you know to win a big pot like it, it's a little bit of a weird one to have bottom two on this board specifically yeah. you know um so i could that that feels like the best candidate but we're never going to fold out king 10 suited anyway like you know also like how hand, many combos are of there are king 10 suited from art's perspective yeah, not like many a, are there any yeah i mean it would have, have to be king course. 10 of diamonds no, the ten of diamonds is on the board. Oh, uh, king ten of hearts. About yes, king ten of hearts for sure. That's the one. So there's only one That's combo the, of it. Yeah, yeah, there's one. That's not good. Uh, I mean, look, it's hard to put Andy on a very strong hand. I would assume he's weak more often than he's strong. If he's weak, our hand is often the best and has ways to improve. We also block the nuts, so that that's cool. Although it turns out. Doesn't not good enough this time since he's got the nuts anyway. Seems to me like a really straightforward call. Well, it might be, you know how we often talk about like what good players do for the most part is make board based decisions with yes. C betting and checking back in position. Yeah. This could be a version of that. Yeah, it could be where he's treating the lead as if it's a check almost. Like this is my board. I'm supposed to lead. I'm the guy who has top set and yeah second set and mostly even bottom set and you have kind of none of that i have ace king you don't i have a lot more ace 10 than you um, i mean based I have on a lot... pre-flop based on pre-flop it's a huge range advantage for yeah art. yeah i have a lot more queen jack than you by the way as art right like like andy has queen jack but Andy's going to three bet queen jack yeah especially offsuit queen jack like a lot right um so as art yeah you could sit there and just be like I mean, that's the best reason to raise, I think, is this, this clear, massive range advantage. Um, not so bad. Yeah. And by the way, it's a believable range advantage, which mm-hmm. makes it weird that Andy just calls the raise to 1100. Well, that's the thing that... Art could absolutely have ace-10, king-10, ace-king, ace-ace, king-king, 10-10. You could have all those hands. Yeah. Why wouldn't we want to get as much money as possible immediately right. against those hands that are not going to fold and might... like. If we put in another raise right now, so Art makes it how much? 1100 Right? As Andy, if we make it, I don't know, 3000 call it. Something Maybe like that. Maybe out of position, we make it 3600 or something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we should be able... I mean, Art started the hand with 29 k The pot is going to have, what, uh, another... It's going to have like 7000 in it already. Art's going to have like 25 k left or so. 25 and a half. Assuming art calls, which like he could raise. Oh, that's a great point. He, if he has top set, he might just be like, whatever, let's go. Yeah. Um, but let's say he doesn't, let's say he just calls, let's say he's got like ACE 10 and now he doesn't know where he is, but it's Andy. So he can't fold as Andy. We can bet big on the turn. We bet like 6,000 on the turn 
into seven into seven and change, right? Or into eight, something like that. We get an, the pot now is 22K, and Art will have less than a pot size bet left on the river. We can absolutely get all in. We have to bet kind of big, but we can get all in. We should be looking to do that with the nuts, shouldn't we, when Art has this massive range advantage? Yeah. I don't know why we wouldn't re-raise right now. All right, so everything Andy's doing is weird. Yeah. What do you think Andy is trying to represent when he just calls? Jack 10. Jack King. 10. That, that makes the yeah. most obvious sense. Jack 10 with the back door, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, here's, a, here's the one thing I can come up with for why Andy might decide not to raise right now. Andy can see the whole board, right? Andy can see that Art's going to raise this for all the reasons we said, or the, the main reason the you said. whole board because he's in seat nine and he's yeah. like close to it. I'm talking about the chess board. He can see all the moves. He's going 12, 12 moves ahead. He's playing 13 moves ahead, right? Seeing the whole board. Um, you know, like in that, in that movie, Searching for Bobby Fischer? Where like, I've heard of the movie. I have not oh. watched the movie. Well, it's like the little kid in Searching for Bobby Fischer where just everything else goes away. And it's just that. He can see everything. He, he gets that Art has a strong range here. His, his value range is very strong, but Art is going to have a bunch of bluffs here too, right? And so he doesn't want to like lose the value against the strong range because he, he probably thinks to himself, if Art actually has a very strong hand, he's going to bet the turn anyway and probably give me huge action even if I just check-raise the turn anyway. Like if he has top set, he think he's not going to fold no matter what. So sure. there's, there's a few cards that are going to kill action, like a queen or a jack may kill action. But besides that, if Art has ace-king, for example, or at pocket aces, he's just going to bet on the turn and not fold anyway. So why lose the, the value of one of the, the bluffs that might bluff the turn since the value is going to bet anyway most of the time? That's a fair right. reason to decide to delay our check raise, even though I personally think like when his range is this strong, he puts in the raise, like why not try and get as much money in right now and commit him to the pot a bit more? Well, I agree. I agree with everything you're saying there. And I think it, it could be player dependent. Maybe Andy has recognized over time that Art tends to tack, attack boards where he has a range advantage. So it makes yeah. him more bluff heavy than your average player in this spot. You know, that, that yeah. could be a factor. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I would hope that that's what's going on. That, that makes the most sense, right? So these guys are both basically like, Art's like, I have the massive range advantage, so I'm raising. And he's like, that's what Art's thinking, so he may have it, but every time he doesn't, let's let him put a bet in on the turn. And if he has it, cool. We get all the money in anyway. It doesn't matter. And if he, does, if he doesn't have it, I get another bet out of him a bunch of the time. Right? Right. I give him a, chan- I give him a chance to keep bluffing. And Art basically does have that. He has that I have a range advantage bluff thing. He has kind of like yeah. a perfect bluffing hand with, with the ripcord of, of the draw to the nuts. You know, is basically what he has. I mean, as it turns out, yeah, Andy not putting in a raise right now is probably really good. I mean, yep. who knows? Maybe Art would lose his mind with a blocker. Maybe. But mostly you assume when, if Andy put in a three-bet, Art's just going to fold, right? Yeah. So, so anyway, Andy does just call. And he's yeah. playing this hand super weird, but I kind of am enjoying it. Me too. And uh, now there's $3,050 in the pot. And Nitrogen Sports is where Andy might lead if he were playing there. You know? Yeah. So I just want to point that out. It's yeah, no. it's, a, it's a it's a poker website. It's a website that features poker, which is a on game of luck and skill. Yeah, and if you use the skills you've learned usually as a child to read and click links and stuff, you can use the link in the description of this podcast uh, in order to gain access to our special tournament on Nitrogen Poker, Jonathan. It's a good tournament. Tell them tell them why. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you go to those bodegas in New York City and like... Pizza. You go, they got pizza there somehow, sometimes. Usually not. And you, you go to uh, like one of the vending machines and like you click it. But if you click the right combination, it opens up and then behind it is a nightclub. It's a secret nightclub. That's basically what Nitrogen Sports Poker is like. And then our tournament especially is most people don't even know this tournament exists because they can't even see it if they don't use the link in the description to sign up for Nitrogen. That's how yeah. cool it is. It's and, like that movie, the, yeah. the Night Before. You remember that movie? I mean, I watched like the first 40 minutes of it. Oh, so, so you didn't see the part with the bodega and oh, the no. nightclub. I there did actually not. Is, yeah, there's <laughs> like a huge Christmas party in the back of like a bodega oh, where funny. Miley Cyrus is and everybody's having a wonderful oh, really? time. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Um, just like one of those nightclubs also, our tournament, the Poker Guys monthly tournament, is brimming with value, Grant. Because they guarantee a thousand buy-ins, we get like 180 players, 
and they max out. They cap the thing at 300 players anyway, meaning there's just this massive overlay. There's all this extra money in there. The prize pool is always three to four times more than it should be, often five or six times more than it should be. It's unbelievable, and it costs like a dollar to play. Um, yeah, because it's about the price of Bitcoin, so it's it's a tenth of a millibit of Bitcoin, so it's about a dollar. It's just a crazy value. Anyone who likes money should probably play. Right. So if you have decided to abandon all of your possessions, like Elon Musk, then maybe you don't want to play it because he doesn't care for money anymore. According Is that to true? him, oh, I didn't know. I that. mean, he said he was going to own no property in. All this shit. I mean, he's. I will shit, take the matter. over on on him owning no property. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but if you're, you know, not like that, and you want money, it's a good opportunity for you. You should mm. take up, take it up. It really anyway, is. Back to the hand. We got three thousand and fifty dollars in the pot. We've got Andy with the nuts, Queen Jack of Spades on the Ace of Spades, King of Clubs, Ten of Diamonds board. Art is kind of bluffing with the Queen Ten off, having raised the flop when Andy led. Yeah, The turn is almost as good as it gets for Andy. It is the four of clubs. Really yeah. innocuous turn card. Obviously, he still has the nuts. A club draw does come, which is the only tiny, tiny negative, but that's not usually a big factor. I mean, yeah, I guess Art could have ace-jack of clubs or something and now have a flush draw, but whatever. That's life. Uh, yeah, I guess he could, but he probably isn't even raising ace-jack of clubs that often, honestly. On the okay, he could have ace-ten of clubs. How about that? Uh, yep, he could have that hand, right? Or he could he could have some weird bluff like the queen nine of clubs, I guess, or something. But yeah, yes, jack nine. It's yeah. just not in play very often as as a thing to worry about. It's so unlikely. So, based on how this hand has played out so far, it yeah. would not shock me if Andy were to lead, and I kind of wish <laughs> he would because huh. that would be incredibly interesting. But it- he does <laughs> he does check and defer to the rays of art from the flop. Yeah. I mean, it's not shocking that he would check because if the plan on the flop was to not three bet so we could let Art fire again, leading might convince Art to get rid of a bunch of those bluffs that he was going to fire with on the turn, right? Now, right, we might if, also if induce a raise again. Like, if Andy's just trying to completely fuck with the dials and show up with yeah. everything all the time, you, you never yeah. know what to expect. It's true. And honestly, if Art was bluffing, he might start to, he might think like, maybe I can't keep going with this bluff anyway. Like Andy called, he didn't three bet. Is Andy calling with just a gutter on the flop? Like probably not, right? A pair and a gutter. I mean, yeah, it's hard to put together a leading range. I know it seems bad to lead King Queen or King Jack or Ace Jack or Ace Queen or, or 10 Jack or Queen 10. But if we're putting together our leading range, those have to be a little piece of it. So seems like those, it. Are, those are the type of hands that he might call the flop with and fold the turn. I guess, I guess, um, yeah. But you know, if but if Andy leads the turn instead of check instead of checks, it's harder to make a raise. It's more expensive for Art. Now, if you know if you know Art, maybe you maybe you would do successfully induce there. But it's asking a lot when you lead again. Yeah. If you call a raise and then lead again on the on the super bricky turn, it's asking a lot. That it is. That so it I is. I think he, it would be incredible if he led. I would expect him to check. He does check. Yeah. So you can feel safe at night. And he checks. Should Art keep going for it once he gets well, called? It's a weird spot. So Art's got queen 10, right? The board is ace, king, 10, four, two clubs now. Uh, as Art, we think we're usually losing, but not always losing. Like we might be beating jack 10. That's the only hand I think we're beating, right? Yeah, we blocked that. Yep. Uh but, like, what was Andy leading then that we can get to fold? Now we're down to, like, like a hand just like our queen 10 and king queen that we hope will fold the turn. That's I mean, all we maybe, have. I mean, it's hard to put together a leading range on the flop, like we said. So yeah. who knows what it really contains? Maybe he has ace-five suited, and he'll, like, consider folding. Maybe. You know? I mean, the other thing is, like, I think as art, we probably have to assume, unless we size it up pretty significantly, Andy's not going to be super foldy on the turn. Anyway, we probably have to have a, a multi-street plan here if we're, if we're, if we're going to bluff. Well, we don't have to bluff. We have showdown value. We can improve to the nuts. We have a nut blocker. So that's all pretty good. We, don't ha- we, could, we could bluff, but we could absolutely check and keep the pot smaller and have easier decisions on the river one way or the other. Um, or we could just go for the gusto. You know what Art calls that, what you just said? What? Wuss logic. That's wuss logic. Throw it in the garbage, says Art. Because he's gonna bet, he's like, okay. you know what? I'm I'm gonna take this hand by the horns, yeah. throw it off a 
Cliff. So he bets 3,000, which is a pot-sized bet. Okay. So he's really trying to say, go the fuck away with your one pair of hands. I don't yes. care if you have a gut shot. That's not good enough anymore. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you should just freaking fold. This sucks for you. All right. Should Andy raise now? And I guess that inherent in that question is, is Art's story plus persona and history with Andy convincing enough that Art actually has a monster hand here? Because if Art does have a monster yeah. hand here, Andy should raise, obviously. I would assume Art's going to have a lot of monster hands here. I would also assume as Andy that Art isn't necessarily, if we just call, going to bluff the river when we call the pot size bet on the turn after calling a raise on the flop. I just don't know that he's going to keep bluffing that often. You know, maybe. Yeah. But like, I'd be really worried about that. You know, that, that like, Art's like, okay, I guess this isn't going to work enough of the time and just give up, you know? Uh, so I would absolutely be raising right now as Andy. I'd be like, cool, I did it. I captured value from the bluffs. If he has a big hand, let's get going. Like, let's make sure we get all the money in, you know? Because what a disaster it would be not to get all the money in, you know? Well, so, Andy calls. He just yeah, calls. I know. I know he does, but I don't like it. I feel like it's this possible is... he knows something about art. There's, you know, there's always a, a, some fallbacks we have. There's history between these players that we're unaware of. That could be a factor. Maybe Andy has a physical tell on art. Maybe he understands something about art at the table that tells him that art is uncomfortable and doesn't like his hand. Okay. You know? Maybe all those things are true. Um, but blind to those pieces of information, which we just can't know about, right? We can only speculate on. Mm-hmm. The, based on the information that we actually have, I feel like this is prime time race action. You know, art is now art was already polarized. Art is more polarized and he might be giving up a lot on the river. And if he has a strong hand, it's going to be hard for him to fold it. Like it's just going to be hard. Well, there's, I'm going to try to argue in Andy's favor here. Yeah. There's not that many hands that art has that are really good, that he feels comfortable calling a raise with this super strong line from Andy on the turn. Like, he's got to have one of the three flop sets, ace-king or ace-ten. I don't know if king Ten's going to call. King-10 might just fold. I mean, ace-ten ain't going to love it either, and ace-king ain't going to be super excited about it either, but I think they're going to probably find calls. both Because right. it's let's remember, it's Andy. Andy yeah. shows up with such psychotic lines post-flop, at least. Pro, maybe pre-flop, too, but certainly post-flop. I don't know... I mean, I've made the case many times that, like, against a guy like Andy who shows aggression post-flop, you just have to hold on with any good hand you have, like, and just see what happens. Like, you just yeah. can't go folding really good hands against guys like Garrett and Andy post-flop because they're going to show up too often with weird blockers, and, like, Andy could just have a queen in his hand and be doing this, potentially. You know, he's like, cool, I blocked the nuts, whatever, you know. And maybe he's got the queen, I don't know, maybe he's got the queen uh, nine of, of clubs, if he, if he were to check raise here, you know what I mean? And so, like, he picked up a combo draw or something like that. Sure, but, sure. Like, I just don't know. I just don't think against a guy like that you can go folding a hand as strong as ace-10. I don't know if that's true for Art, though. I don't know if Art actually would or wouldn't fold it. But I feel like all the strong hands that Art is repping all should probably be calling against right. Andy specifically. Well, Andy might be concerned that Art just doesn't have enough of those hands percentage-wise. He must be concerned of that or else he wouldn't call here, right? Uh, yeah. That's correct. Or, okay, this... the, the other thing Andy could be doing, actually, and this goes back to the meta game, is protecting his, his line. Yeah. So that way he can have this line and still have the nuts, which is, like, hard to imagine that you could ever right. have the nuts and take this line. So the, back to the Sam Greenwood back uh, in the day against Stevie Chidwick when Sam Greenwood check-called more than a pot size bet on the turn with only a pot size bet back with the nut flush draw only in that tournament, the high roller tournament. So because we decided anyway, we never talked to Sam about this, but we decided that was because it's impossible for Chidwick to ever put Sam on a flush draw no matter what. Right. He can't, he can't have a flush draw. Um, and then thus when the diamond came, Sam was guaranteed to get it all. He checked, and indeed he got it all. Um, so that's the only thing. They're the meta implications of I have the nuts, and I'm just going to play a line that makes that is so far away from anyone ever. No one who has the nuts ever plays it like this, basically. Ever, ever, ever. To like screw up not just Art, but Garrett and Dan Zach and other players like that in the future, not just for this hand. That that's gotta be what's going on. Otherwise, yep. otherwise it just feels like it's such an obvious raise on the turn. I agree. But let's let's pull back for a second from okay. 
a bigger perspective of the games because we've been talking about this meta perspective and giving Andy a lot of credit for trying to manipulate the meta perspective. Yes. Now, I'm using a small sample size, but last Monday we did a podcast on Andy where he had the best hand, but he was bluffing, a very ambitious bluff on the river when he had a flush draw and, and turned top pair and thought he wasn't right. good enough to call. But we've seen Andy take these psychotic, hyper-aggressive lines so frequently, and often he doesn't have it. And here mm-hmm. he's taking a passive line, and he really, really has it. I wonder if this is an indictment on Andy's overall game that he's kind of got this tell, the kind of classic strong is weak, weak is strong thing. Like, I wonder if there's a little bit of that in his game. I got to push back a little bit on that. So okay. first of all, he led the flop, which is not necessarily passive and weak. Number one. Number two. Until four it, bets go in on a street, it doesn't count as aggression as far <laughs> as Andy is concerned. That, there's something to that. Uh, number two, the hand you're referring to, he check raised all in on the river, right? Yeah. So we haven't gotten to the river, and he hasn't had the opportunity to check raise all in yet. Like, he may be actively trying to replicate that moment against True. Artie Paps, where he's like, hey, guess what? You know how I never have it when I check raise all in on the river in these spots because I have blockers? Guess what I have it this time? You yeah. know? And so he may be really actively trying to do it again, not just against Art here, but against everybody. So Gary can also be like, oh, man, Andy had whatever, whatever it was, 9-7 off that time, but he had his spade and he blocked the straight draw and he blocked trips and he just decided to go for it and it worked. And I folded the nut flush, which is what happened in that hand right. we just did a week ago. Um, so as long as Andy can also do it with the nuts sometimes, because a lot of times I think you and I will even say, is it really credible Andy's going to take this line with a strong hand? Like, it's not that credible, right? And it's, yep. another, and it's yet another reason to call, let alone the fact that it's Andy and he just doesn't have to have it. Um, so Andy may be like really actively looking for opportunities to check raise all in the river with the nuts, basically. And like just be waiting and waiting and waiting for that opportunity so that way he can show that he has that gear too. And, and that way the lines are more balanced. Down, that is very fair. Very fair. That's, that's all I have. That's the only possible reason I can honestly think that's fair. Like, thinking Art's just going to bluff again on the river is just asking a lot. I mean, maybe it'll happen, but it's asking so much after Andy check calls a pot size bet on the turn. Art can eliminate a lot of hands. Like, Jack-10 is, is not going to call, I don't think, very often here. No, it's either going right? to raise or fold. Right. King-Queen King Queen does not like this spot. King-Queen is losing to every piece of value. Doesn't have much... I mean, it's just not a good spot for King. Maybe King-Queen's going to hold on, but then it had to lead the flop anyway. It's like, it's just... This, this is all I got. Well, there's a uh, 10 jack and queen 10 of clubs, those types yes. of hands that might call. Maybe, but they also might, if they're clubs, they may also raise. Yeah, but because it's Andy, because he's crazy, but maybe not, yeah. maybe not because he does have, he does have showdown value, bad showdown value, but he has right. showdown value. Yeah. Anyway, he does just call and the pot okay. is 9,050 now. So we've got the ace king 10, four, two club board, Andy with the nuts with queen jack of spades, art with a bluff hoping to hit a jack with queen 10 off the river is the four of hearts. It does pair the board. Yeah. So unless our bets tiny and he's not actually going to get his opportunity to, to profitably check shove and show the nuts, right? Like you can't really do that against Art's line now. Um, it gets weird if art bets, I mean, you said tiny, if art bets half pot on the river, I mean, that could be, I mean, that feels like more like ace king than, than a full house. I don't know, though. Can we check raise if he bets half pot I, anyway? I don't know if you can get called by ace king if you check yeah. raise. Like, look how crazy strong that line is. It is crazy strong. But we're Andy. We're the guy who can show up without having it. We know. And when we check raise the river, like. Yeah. I might feel tempted to go for it if, if Art doesn't size up on the river. I don't know. That's close. It's really close. Anyway, Andy checks. Which yeah. makes sense. I mean, yes. like Art, Art could absolutely be beating him now, and he wants to give Art a, a chance to take a shot if Art isn't beating him. Yep. The question is, should Art take a shot? Because Art certainly knows he's behind at this point, right? Unless by miracle, Andy has Jack Ten of Clubs, at which, right. in which case, they're chopping anyway. Right. Um, should Art take a shot? I mean, it doesn't look great from Art's point of view. Like you're right; he's almost certainly losing. Uh, we have the nut. We have all the best hands, though. We really do. This four is a, continually helps us to have better hands. Now we have all the best full houses. Andy may have no full houses, right? I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Yep. If anyone's not that this is a thing, but if anyone's going to have quad fours, it's going to be Art, right? Andy can't yeah. have quad fours. Um, yeah. Art almost never has quad fours. Don't get me wrong. 
Um, but it's pot, but he's the one guy who can have it. Art has got him crushed range wise here. Yeah. Absolutely crushed. I guess he should take a shot. If nothing yeah. else to get Andy off sometimes when he's losing and sometimes when they're chopping, he gets to get Andy off both of those things. Most of the time. Yes. I've now decided he should take a shot. I agree. And I think I like Art's thought process because he sizes it way up. And I yeah. think that's smart considering the line that Andy's taken where he calls a pot size bet on the turn. It's like, okay, right. this is going to take some real muscle to get Andy to fold. Right. And he really goes for it. You bet 16 K into nine K. Yeah. So cool. now this is not such a straightforward decision for Andy. I mean, it's not as straightforward as I have the nuts. That's for sure. And we're losing all value now. Yeah. Well, art is not, art is not doing this with ace king. I can't. That's the question. That's yeah. the only question is, is art doing this with ace king? Exactly. Right. There's no other question. We're not worried about him having ace 10 here and doing this for value. I don't think he could have the same hand. He could have queen Jack. Yes, he absolutely can have queen Jack. There's at least a chance he can have ace-king. I don't know if he has it or not. I think it's less likely rather than more likely, but I don't want to completely count it out when, as Art, we would say, like, Andy just doesn't have full houses here. He just right, doesn't have but them. If we, if we have multiple sizes on the river as Art, which Art's the type of player who probably does have multiple sizes on the river, I don't think ace-king's in the 16K range in the 9K well, pot. One, one of the values of doing it is it may look like you're trying to get Andy off a chop sometimes. Because now any ace that isn't aces up is chopping. So, I mean, I know it's weird for any hand, but it's incredibly strange for any to have a one pair ace as played. I agree. But it's weird for any hand, like you're saying. It's just weird. And as art, we wouldn't think Andy can really show up with queen jack here. So we're not too worried about running into a better hand. We'd expect queen jack to have put in more action somewhere along the line. I would have. I just wouldn't expect. I, I just genuinely wouldn't expect art to bet 16K with ace king. We would definitely be, uh, if we did it, we would definitely be going for thin value here and looking for Andy to hero. You know, that's, yeah. that's clearly what we'd be going for. That it, we're hoping Andy has like ace jack now um, or something like that. Maybe ace 10, ace jack, maybe king 10 suited. I don't know. Although, no, that's not, good, that's not so good anymore because the four paired. King 10 suited isn't as good as it used to be. Um, there's king not a whole lot terrible. there. I'll give you, I'll yeah. give you there's, there's not a whole lot there. Um, but I don't want to completely rule out the fact that we could be up against Ace King. I feel like there's got to be at least a chance that Art's going for super thin extreme value. All right, and like and making would... it harder to play. again with the metagame, making it harder to play against him when he makes these oversized bets in, in the future. Fair. I just wouldn't give him too many combos of that. Yeah. of the available combos. I think he has all of the available combos up until this point. Now I shave off a lot of them. For That's fair. Size. I'm down. So. I'm mostly considering that I'm chopping or losing the value as Andy. Yeah, I think so. So that's not ideal, but it is no. Art clearly capable of bluffing. And the story that Art is telling is that I have a very good hand, which is a story that a good player would tell on this board in this position with the action as it went, meaning that he certainly should be capable of bluffing here. And then when we add into that, that Andy may literally be at the very top of his distribution. Maybe he has tens full sometimes but he may literally be at the top of his distribution. It might mean we have to call, even though it's really scary. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. The, the only good thing about having tens full is that you block pocket tens, though. Like, you're st- like, like Art, yeah. since we're saying... I guess Art could have queen jack, and you could actually be beating the straight. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the one thing that's better about it. You don't chop against the straight. Um, I mean, from that point of view, it sucks. And you're, you're saying Art's capable of bluffing... Is Guard capable of, I mean, he clearly is capable of bluffing exactly this way. But as Andy, are we aware of this? Uh, let me ask it differently. Andy might be aware of it. Are you and I aware of this? I wouldn't have known that Art had this play in him with this hand. I, I, I don't know if I would have guessed this exact line, but I would certainly count among the Live of the Bike players who are capable of this. I think Art is in the top five for sure. It's like Art, Andy, Garrett, Dan, Zach, and I don't know, throw somebody else in there. I feel like we see everyone else, those other players you mentioned, make more sort of crazy type bluffs and plays on the river than we see Art. Like we, I feel like we don't see Art do that very often. Not never, of course, but not very often, comparatively to the other guys. So that would, be, that would worry me a bit as Andy. I'll say that. Would um, it lead you to fold, though? No. No, I mean, <laughs> like, I think Andy's line alone is enough to get him to call, almost yeah. regardless of opponent. Certainly, there are some opponents who are so face up that they always have you beat here. But 
most opponents don't. And Andy took such an incredibly strange line against a thinking player that I think that almost, even though the sizing is so big, makes it so you have to call. And let's remember, this isn't like the World Series of Poker main event where it's for most of our stack, you know, in a big spot. This is just a cash game that we're playing every day. I understand it's $16,000. Oh, it's, it's just 1.6 times the buy-in of the World Series of Poker main event. Great point. The point is, of course, that um, that not it's not about that, right? It's about... It's about the fact that Andy plays in games this size all the time, so that doesn't mean anything to him. But if you're deep in the World Series of Poker, a big spot, it's not worth $10,000. No one's thinking that way. They're thinking it's worth potentially millions of dollars, of course. So it's a, it, is, it is a good point. Thank you very much, Grant. Um, anyway, uh, so the fact that it's a cash game makes it easier, I think, for Andy to make the call than like in a super tough tournament spot at, at a big final table or something like that, where it's like, geez, like... I don't really beat anything. I need this guy to be capable of bluffing here. How many guys are really capable? And in this spot, is this guy capable? Blah, blah, blah. This is just another cash game hand, and Andy can easily reload. And Andy comes with... I'm sure Andy has like $150,000 in his pocket or something crazy like that, right? I mean, Andy, by the way, already had Art covered by a lot. You know, Art started... Andy started the hand with 70K. Art started with 29. So Andy's willing to lose $16,000. We know that's like not going to change his life in any way. It's not going to be a meaningful thing, you know? So that's good. Um, I feel like we underrepped our hand massively. It's a cash game. We're sometimes chopping, which would be cool, at least. Obviously, we beat no value except maybe ace-king sometimes. And uh, I don't know. We engineered this spot as, as hardcore as we could. Like, it's weird to, like, engineer this and then fold, even though I understand the board did not end up perfect. It just isn't always going to end up perfect. Like, was the plan to fold every time the board paired? Because the board's going to pair, you know, like, a fair amount of the time. I mean, I know, I know Art also overbet the pot, of course. So it's a little, it's not just yeah. the board pairing. No, I think, I think it's a call and Andy does call. I yeah. think it's what you got to do. It's like a roll your eyes and like, this is dumb. I guess I call and I know I lose a fair amount. But one of the beautiful things about poker is you don't have to be right even 50% of the time in these spots, you know? So as long as Art's got bluffs, it's probably okay. You're like, please have ace-king. Have ace-king. Show me ace-king, baby. You know, or as it turns out, Queen 10. I guess so. Anyway, that's how Andy won a significant amount of money, like $22,000. Yep. And in fact, he maxed the value of his hand playing at this light, as it turns out, which is weird because it keeps feeling throughout the hand. It feels like he's not maxing out the value of it. it feels like he's now we know, of course, based on what art has that he is. But basically, if you're blind to art's hand and only his range, it feels like Andy's actively not maxing out the value to try and make sure he can have this check raise all in on the river to balance the times when he's bluffing. It can show everyone he's got the nuts and stuff like that and have weird lines, uh, but ends up getting max value anyway by doing it this way. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home. And you-